0: Hey, it's Liz Kelly, and welcome to The Ringer Podcast Network. The Ringer's got a brand new show out now about NFL player Cam Newton called The Cam Chronicles. We'll be releasing new episodes every Monday for the next six weeks, but you can binge all six episodes right now for free on Spotify. Here's a quick trailer. From The Ringer, I'm Tyler Artans, hosting a new podcast series, The Cam Chronicles. NFL star Cam Newton has always been a complex figure. Over the past year, I've traveled the country speaking to coaches and teammates, friends and family, and even briefly to the man himself, trying to unravel the enigma that is Cam Newton. The Ringer NFL Show presents Cam Chronicles. Listen to the full series now on Spotify. What's going on, jabronis? It's pitch Mr. Perfect, Skylar Aston. Hey, this is Bruce Pritchard. First battle Season
1: 1 champion, Mike Horn. The king of sad Stop. The silver lake heartthrob. It's Trey Kirby. It's Nick Mundy. It's your real WWE superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hey, this is WWE superstar, Braun Strowman. My name's Kevin Owens. I have Shinsuke Nakamura. Zach Linder. Dan Black, a.k.a. the Goof Haraja. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening to yeah, this. You're listening to. You're listening you're listening to you are listening to the. So you're listening to, to the, Masked Man the Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. Masked Man Show. The Masked, Masked Man Show.
0: Welcome to the Masked Man Show. I'm your host, David Shoemaker. And guess who's back? Kaz. I'm back. Kazim, how you doing, Kaz? Hey.
1: Feeling good, Dave. I feel like, you know, we had so much fun last week. I figured we'd do it again. (laughs) It's good to get these wrestling musings off again. It feels good. It does feel
0: good. It feels good. It feels good. Like, after a long time of, like of trying to figure out what I was talking about. I finally figured out... I finally figured... Last week felt like we know what we were talking about. So, uh, anyway. Right. We got a lot of stuff to talk <laughs> about this week. This Sunday is WWE Extreme Rules or a.k.a. the horror show at Extreme Rules. Um, we, we'll, 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 we'll close out the show with our uh, rundown and picks and everything on that front. Um, and we got Fight for the Fallen tonight. We're recording this on Wednesday. We're going to figure out if we're going to keep recording on Wednesdays, but we'll we'll We'll, we'll make that decision soon. But Fight for yeah. the Fallen is tonight, so we're going to go over that. Um, before we get there, uh, I want to do a little bit of talk about what happened last Wednesday night. Um, we talked about it before it happened last time we were together. Two big nights of wrestling. The second night of the Great American mm-hmm. Bash, going up against the second night of Fighter Fest, AEW versus NXT. Finally, this rivalry is like a straight up, we're, we're having a rivalry rivalry. Um, and it was a big night for both shows. The biggest, the yeah. biggest moment of the week, probably we're going to get through Fighter Fest and the horror show, and we're probably still going to be saying, at least on this show, the biggest night that's happened that I can remember was on Wednesday night when Keith Lee beat Adam Cole for the NXT championship. He's now the champ champ. He's got the US title, the NXT title, um, and he looked like a million bucks doing it. But before I let you sing his praises, the other guy that looked like a million bucks last week, and I know your mileage may vary on the gimmick, was Orange Cassidy over on over on the Great American Bash on AEW. He went head-to-head with the biggest star in the company and Chris Jericho. I think that was my favorite Jericho match. I, I mean, I'm trying to remember when I enjoyed a Jericho match more. I think pure hype-wise, New Japan, but, like, that was a great Jericho match, an insanely good Orange Cassidy performance. He, as Tony Khan said uh, in an interview, I think, yesterday... Cassidy proved that he can be a main eventer. Um, so my question for you, Kaz. Yes. Whose stock is higher right now in the world of pro wrestling, Orange Cassidy or Keith
1: Lee? I'm going to go ahead and say, well, both of these guys I love when, when AEW first started, the first thing I said was they need to strap the rocket to Orange Cassidy because he's the one guy that you have that is unlike anyone. Like, he was already, like, a walking meme. He was viral. Like, he was doing the cool, like, pocket stuff. And, like, he was different and entertaining. And I truly believe Orange Cassidy is the future of that company. Even if he never wins a world title for them or wins any sort of title, like, you can absolutely still be a star without necessarily, oh, man, being, like, the TNT champion or the AEW champion. Um, But as far as just who, who my stock is, I mean, like, how can you? how can you not look at Keith Lee and just see the future of where this entire sport slash entertainment is going to go? Because there's nothing he can't do. Like he is, and, and and it's been a long time coming with Keith Lee. And I love the slow burn that they're doing with him to make him feel like a real prime time performer. Right. Like, and not just, you know, as much as I love orange Cassidy, I love orange Cassidy because of how unique he is to a company that's brand new that needs stuff that's unique that needs stuff that's not WWE that needs stuff that is like okay i watch this company because they're not going to do this and that's why i think orange Cassidy is so important but in the grand scheme of things if you look at a guy like keith lee and don't think he's gonna main event a wrestlemania at least one time in his life if, as long as his health and his age holds up. I know he's he's not up there in age. He's not an old guy by any means. But, you know, he's starting to really catch his stride uh, in kind of like his mid to late 30s. Keith Lee, man, the, the beauty of him is he can work anyone. He made Adam Cole. And Adam Cole is not a big guy at all. But that match was compelling. It was back and forth. But he still looked dominant. And the thing that makes me really excited about Keith Lee is that every other super heavyweight that's in the company, the Brock Lesnar's, the Roman Reigns, the Braun Strowman's, the Baron Corbin's, all these big dudes that are super athletic, but you can only get really good matches out of them with like small guys like the Finn Balor's Mm -hmm. of the world and those guys. Keith Lee's going to make you step your game up and you're going to be able to do some incredible things with him. And I said this last week. I'm saying it again this week. You know, it helps. It doesn't hurt at all that he's a black man who, is, who could speak well and cut a promo and is entertaining. And, you know, and not just a guy who is getting an opportunity because, well, uh, this is this the climate of the world. Because a lot of people will, will probably see that. They can look at, you know, the WWE putting the, the title on Keith Lee and thinking, oh, well, here they go. They're They're trying to, They're trying to be the woke police. But the beauty of the Keith Lee push right now is that it's been started since last Survivor Series, right? Like, since Survivor Series, and that roll up into, you know, him being on SmackDown with Riddle, to the moment with Roman Reigns, to the Royal Rumble with Brock Lesnar, to now, um, he is a guy that is going to be 100%, 100%, if I can put my money on anybody being one of those, okay, who's going to come out of NXT and end up main eventing a WrestleMania or being like a household name, it's him. Yep. He's got it. He's it. Whatever it is, he has
0: it. I think that you mentioned you mentioned his age. I think there's some anti-Keith Lee force on the internet right now who's secretly trying to do oppo dumps by releasing. I saw that the picture of him when he signed to NXT was going around the internet this week when he had like... A different beard and gray hair like he he hadn't he hadn't dyed his hair in a minute (laughs) I think somebody's I think I think like somebody's in the back just like trying to steal his push um but Yeah. yeah he's not a young guy but they but he's a but he's like I think that the age works for him I mean it doesn't even matter but in so much it does it works for him in the way what you were talking about the slow burn of everything because right you look at Keith Lee especially compared to some of the other dudes in NXT and you would think in WWE, they might just push him as a monster, right? That he's like that. He that right. his size is the gimmick, almost, you know. And even the right. athletic ability is part is the gimmick. But the way that they've slow burned it, and listen, I'm as skeptical of the slow burn coming out of NXT as anybody else in the world. You, I mean you you feel like you you say that with a little bit of trepidation because if, if, it's almost like if they're not strapping the rocket to your back sometimes, and like it's a recipe that they're you know that then they're not 100 percent behind you. But this feels like a confident slow burn as you described. And I read some some naysayers online that were like that were saying that he should have squashed Adam Cole because he's so much bigger, it actually made him look weak to not be able mm-hmm. to kill Adam Cole. And, you know, Adam Cole, it's a whole different Adam Cole size is a whole nother a whole nother discussion. But I I actually like the fact that they're building him slowly and methodically as a worker, right? I mean, he's not yeah. just it's not just the look, it's not just the gimmick, it's not just the God-given gifts. It's this guy's a pro wrestler, and he's going to take the narrative arc or whatever that we're used to seeing for over the years for all these guys. I don't even know, by the way, over the years who the historical comp is for him.
1: I mean, I just don't know. There is none. I mean, he's he's truly he's truly limitless. I mean, like if uh, the closest you can really come up with, and I would just say athletically, like maybe like Big Van Vader, but There's like a little bit of Vader. Vader was this monster heel who can work but i mean he Keith Lee just takes things to a whole nother level you know like just as far as his his ability to to work with anybody any size um to be able to come off the top rope he's just you've never really seen a guy like him and uh the people who are saying like well you know he should have squashed adam cole because adam cole's so small it's like listen Adam Cole's been the, the NXT champion for, what, 400-something days? Like, w- the hardest thing, when I was at the WWE, one of the things that we always talked about was, what about Monday? And I guess in NXT terms, I would say, what about Wednesday? Keith Lee goes and squashes Adam Cole after being champion for 400 yeah. days. Now, Now Adam Cole's damaged mm-hmm. goods, right? Like, you can't do that with him. He's meant too much to that brand. He's meant too much to that title. And if you're not working with somebody who's helping to elevate the title. You beating him means nothing. Yeah. So of course it had to look comp- it had to be competitive. And if you watch closely, Adam Cole was never really in the match. Like he was getting offense off, but like and this is the wrestling nerd in me, like just just watching meticulously, every kick out from Keith Lee was emphatic. Like it was like every time he kicked out, Adam Cole would pop up, look at the referee like what? Like he would hit him with the last shot shocked at his face to hit him with the panama sunrise push him off like he was looking competitive but like adam cole was never really in the match it was like it was just it it was almost like it was one of those fighting spirit matches where you take as much confidence or (laughs) you take as much punishment as you can take just to like i guess test your own abilities whatever and that's the kind of story i was seeing between Lee and adam cole like Granted, yes, it was 30 minutes and it went long and it was the main event and, you know, it wasn't your typical Goldberg slash Brock Lesnar squash, but Keith Lee still looked extremely dominant even though it was a competitive. I'm game. glad
0: that you said Goldberg, Brock Lesnar because those are two good comps. It's And, and also, I thought of Goldberg as soon as you said, what about Monday? Because even though he had a big, he was a big player in the <laughs> Monday Night Wars, that was the, he was the opposite of what about Monday booking, right? I mean, so... <laughs> yeah. uh, but but your mind does go when I was talking about comps. your mind does go to football players and Keith Lee obviously played football was not an NFL player, not a big star or whatever but there is a very like like five star athlete from another world vibe about him you know that and and it's because it's just the sort of improbability so I mean, you think about Goldberg, you know, you think about Ron Simmons or I mean as far as just like ma- like maniac charisma, you can go way back to like ernie Ladd with him too because he's got he's just like Way bigger than everybody else in the most physically imposing possible way, but wasn't just wrestling like a giant, you know? And Van Vader, I think, mm-hmm. another football player, is a really, really good comp for him. Van Vader, but Van Vader did work the gimmick of big guy who could flip, you know, big guy who could and, be... Yeah. And, and that's what they're they're trying. It seems really hard not to do while emphasizing it. They're not overdoing that with Keith Lee. I just think every day that he's... When, when he gets the main roster, it's going to be like... Do you remember, like... Like you remember when, like you saw Jeff Hardy for the first time and you were just like, people yes. can do this like you had no idea, yes. you know? <laughs> I feel like that's gonna be the Keith Lee thing and it's and actually Jeff Hardy to to take the other side of this conversation that orange Cassidy Jericho match had a lot of Jeff Hardy versus Triple H the first time energy to me. you know, it was like mm. the size you know,
1: I was gonna go I was gonna go Jeff Hardy Undertaker yeah, match. yeah that's
0: a, that's that's a good comp too. I'm just thinking of like the first like, the first time that they, that he went with Triple H, I remember I was like, he's they, he shouldn't be allowed to wrestle against the, the champion. Like he doesn't, he's not right. he's not a heavyweight, you know. He's You're not, not a, in his league. Right, and then and You're of course that's the way they booked it and they made it great. And uh, and uh, you know uh, both of those guys, Orange Cassidy and Keith Lee, have at various points in the past couple of years been the sort of well, to to uh, with apologies to to Matt Cardona, aka Zack Ryder, they've been the internet champion. You talked about that with, with right. Orange Cassidy. It was it was mania two years ago, three years ago when Keith Lee wrestled on literally every card that wasn't the WWE. You know, I mean, they were he was wrestling he was every indie card. He was all over the place. He was the biggest star of the weekend to you know to anybody who was going to all the shows, and um, mm-hmm. you know, and then Orange Cassidy, like you said, right when AEW was gearing up. Every time you open the internet, every time you open wrestling Twitter, wherever it was just an Orange Cassidy it, uh, clip, and yeah, I think that this match, this the, the the beef with Jericho and the match they had did a lot to uh, calm my anxieties about how they were going to work this sort of gimmick on a bigger platform. Right? Um, it's a it just takes a little bit of nuance, and I still think there's a little bit of a disconnect. I, I think that he can draw in a crowd and like a, a non-wrestling fan or an absent fan, in the way that nobody else, I mean, very few others can.
1: Right. And he, he's a guy. And, and and the reason why I was so high on him when he first, uh, uh, you know, made it to AEW is because he's the one guy and, and man, we're wrestling fans, right. right? So wrestling fans, we watch, we, we consume the product very differently. Like we'll watch it for all the other things that people aren't watching. But I usually try to watch wrestling from a lens of a mainstream fan. Like, what's gonna make me stop the channel if I'm flipping through? You know what I mean? And he was the one guy on that entire roster that makes you stop the channel because he's not like anyone that they have. And in the world of, you know, what we how how exactly we rate what is popular in wrestling, right? I feel like TV ratings are such an a, a old, antiquated way of saying, like, what's popular or whatever. Mm-hmm. Now we're at the time of social media, Twitter, memes, GIFs, uh, Twitter clips, Instagram clips, all that type of stuff. Orange Cassidy checks every single box yeah. on that. And, you know, just like you said, I remember that WrestleMania where Keith Lee was the darling of the indies like he he wrestled everywhere he wrestled everybody Mm -hmm. he wrestled every style and just now i would think like in the past year i think in new york or 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 when WrestleMania was in new york orange cassidy kind of had that same that same deal like he was the guy and it's hard to make new stars man like it's really hard to make new stars in, in wrestling and people will look at certain cards and be like oh my god we're I saw some meme going around. It's like, oh my god, I'm looking at Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler and Jeff Hardy and Shane. What year is it? 2009? Ha ha ha! It's hard to make new stars, yeah. man. So when it comes to a guy like Orange Cassidy, you gotta, you, you can't give him the keys right away. And there's ways to kind of get people warmed up to him without giving them the keys right away so when that moment does happen when it's right when it's perfect it's it's you, you don't go backwards like i said what about monday mm-hmm. you know what i mean like you gotta have a way to keep telling the story about orange cassidy and jericho and looking competitive and looking like oh wow there's always a moment in the match or after the match like w- w- with the triple H jeff hardy match uh, I think there was, uh, you know, that little moment with Triple H kind of looked at Jeff Hardy like, holy shit. And there was the moment with The Undertaker after the ladder match where, like, even though he was a heel, he looked at him, shook his hand and said, yo, you're a crazy son of a bitch. And I feel like Jericho kind of had that same moment. And those are rare moments where both people get over at the same time. And I feel like with Orange Cassidy, they need to continue to... They're really building up their mid-card. I think AEW was very top-heavy when it first mm-hmm. started, but now their mid-card is extremely solid. You got your Brian Cages, you got your, your, your Cassidy, you got uh, uh, you know, even the tag team division and the stories that's being told over there. It's very, very solid. You need to make sure Orange Cassidy is leading that mid-card. Yeah. He needs to be your, your kind of like workhorse, that person that even if he never sniffs a title, like Jeff Hardy was one of the most popular wrestlers in the game Didn't smell a world title until, what, 10, 12 years in, 13 years (laughs) in? WWE, a long time. But he was still ridiculously popular and incredibly important to that entire show and to that entire brand. I feel like Orange Cassidy kind of has to play that same position for AEW and kind of be there. They're uh their, their sixth man their guy yeah. off the bench you, you don't know? want to
0: go over the top with you you know with, with these sort of pronouncements but it's true i mean if you're a trailblazer and even though you know you can say a trailblazer on national television in a major wrestling organization it takes a while for like you know the actual belt to catch up to what you're doing right because they mm-hmm. can put you in the main event but that doesn't mean they're ready to have you lead the company but they're we're on the path with orange cassidy and i think that right i think that all you need to know is if you're an orange if you're not an orange cassidy believer all you need to know is we're having this conversation, right? I mean, like yeah. they like, <laughs> and Jeff Hardy did seem implausible a million years ago. There's so many people. I mean, half the guys that are in, I mean, half the guys that are in AEW are there because they were implausible and they were not plausible WWE hires five years ago, right? I mean, and 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 they're yeah. and they're all compelling dudes. We, the, the people who are running the company now, I mean, on, on WWE, half of them were implausible WWE hires, right? I mean, Kevin Owens we were just talking before we came on. Kevin Owens is apparently is the only dude who has the, 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 the pull to get Vince McMahon to enforce social distancing <laughs> guidelines. How, how crazy, how cr- like, tell that to like yourself six or seven years ago.
1: Yeah. Like Kevin Steen is going to be Steen, the guy. And, and listen, you can say
0: whatever you want about like, you know, Vince just likes body guys, but Kevin Steen was six inches too short to be who, the, to be who he's playing right now, five years ago, you know, and mm-hmm. he's not, he's, he, I mean, he looks a lot better now. He's He's got the, but he, he always had the character, but he always had a little bit of the vibe when you would go see, like, go see ROH run the Manhattan Center, like, whatever. They had a little bit of the vibe of a guy who was, like, playing a pro wrestler. Not that he didn't have the skills, but, like, he just wasn't what I was used to seeing on TV. He's transcended that. He's changed the definition of what a pro wrestler is, you know, and he's the best. Yeah. And and part of what his, part of his swag, part of his pull comes from the fact that of everybody who could ask for a release right now, He's the only guy who would 100% be like a CM Punk level top star on AEW for the rest of his life if he wanted to be that, right? I mean, there's not there's no there there he would not be, you know, he would not be working the Indies if he didn't want to and like trying to find a place in the wrestling world. He would not be entertaining a TNA offer. He would be the biggest star outside of WWE or in the top 5, right? So, mm-hmm. I mean, he he's he, he's one of these guys that's transcended that that has changed the definition. And Orange Cassidy, I mean, I'm so, I'm shocked that I'm saying this out loud. He's doing that right now, you know, and it's a it's um it's a you know. There's a, we're we're just not we we just can't count on anything being the same. And I think it's been it's really cool to watch him. And it's really cool to watch Keith Lee. And it's really cool it's just cool to watch both those guys go on the same night and think that like we could be. I mean, I think Keith Lee's stock is higher. To answer the question that I posed, I think Keith Lee's you know.
1: I'll tell you this: the reason why Keith Lee Stock is hired is because he sings his own theme song. Very <laughs> underrated, t- a very underrated trait. If you don't sing your own What's theme the song, you can never be. What a is mega the list star. of
0: people who've sung their own theme songs? With Shawn Michaels, yeah, we got John Cena, yeah. Shawn Michaels, uh, Shawn Michaels. The after the sensational Sherry version, Blue yeah. Pants. Who? <laughs> blue Pants. Oh yeah, remember
1: Blue Pants? <laughs> um, I guess. I guess Blue ro- Pants is over like shit at yeah. all. Point. Road Road Dog, uh, kind of road dog just, yeah there you go my gosh <laughs> like, thank you jim there's a lot yeah you. is the hellbilly jim
0: another he one. The, oh 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 jyd oh, junkyard oh, oh, dog oh, did grab Junkyard dog did grab them cakes when that was after another one when they did grab that. them yeah. cakes oh um <laughs> can't say that in this climate <laughs> um that's true that's true uh it was a, it was a banger
1: though the um it was a banger one thousand percent a banger but John Cena got two, John Cena got two bangers under his uh, under his belt. That's rare, Very um, rare, rare. The uh,
0: <laughs> I don't think that they ever let uh, Coco Beware use pile driver as his entrance music, but that was that's a that was a hell of a performance by him. <laughs> um. Anyway, anyway, we're talking. I mean, I, I think we've decided uh,
1: the the winner of the stock watch. And, oh, I'm sorry. And if you if you if you believe uh, the urban legend. The Big Show sang his own theme songs. <laughs>
0: oh, my gosh. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, th- there's two guys that's been really fun to watch. And it's actually, you know, it was a... It was a we're, let's, we'll segue right now to Five of the Fallen. Main event is obviously going to be Brian Cage versus John Moxley. And only by sheer COVID-related circumstance was that not the main event of the Great American Bash. But I think it really ends up being a huge win for Orange Cassidy and for Chris Jericho. You, say, you said you yeah. said they you said um, they both uh, came out on t- they both looked good at the end of that match, the win. I mean, obviously Chris Jericho got the win. I feel like Chris Jericho's like body transformation, his new finisher, whatever. It's been a little bit. I think people have been a little bit back and forth on all of that. I feel like that was all validated by the elbow at the end of that match because it was like finally, it, like it it all made a sort of certain sense, a, a certain sort of sense that he that that mm-hmm. body that move. Was made to destroy little twerps like Orange Cassidy, and he got it off at the last second that he could. I'm, I'm talking totally in kayfabe right now, and he got it off totally yeah. when he could. But then when he fin- when he made the pen, he comes up with a face redder than Brock Lesnar ever is, and that was that was Orange Cassidy's win right there, right? I mean, he made yeah. he, he just took the win out of Jericho. But anyway, onto the onto uh, fight for the fallen. Our main event is, is Moxley Cage. So let's just talk about that up front because it was supposed to be Bash. Um, I don't know, man. You talked about uh, Cage as being, you know, a, a top upper mid-carter. And sure, he's not a, a, a full headliner yet. But, and I actually questioned his allegiance with Taz early on. And not so much his allegiance with Taz, but the fact that they, that it was like the third guy in a row they debuted with like an old wrestler as a talker, or they kept on, you know, putting him with old wrestlers. And I get the name recognition thing, but. I wasn't quite sure, but man, Taz has been so Taz is Taz is like the Paul Heyman of AEW right now. He's so fantastic. Oh, yep. And I don't know, man. Brian Cage is just he's all he's 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 just what he needs to be. Like he's he's really firing on all on, on all cylinders right now.
1: I'll tell you this. I'm I feel like what AEW is doing right now. Is really undermining a lot of their big signings by throwing them right into world title matches and having them losing, right? Like or or big matches and having them losing. They had Lance, they built Lance Archer up for weeks. They had him come out with Jake the Snake Roberts and had this big moment and then, you know, loses to Cody. They built up Brody Lee for weeks as being, you know, the the you know, the exalted one and all this stuff. And Brody Lee is a monster and great talker and everything, and then he doesn't go over. What does it say if, you know, AEW keeps bringing in these big names just to have them, you know, come up short in these big moments, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like a guy like Brian Cage, especially the way Taz has been holding down the mic and, and being able to talk with people and bringing in the FTW belt, like, and honestly... Just on the on the on the aesthetically on, on, on an aesthetics level, I don't see why you don't have Brian Cage go over Moxley and win the world title. I, I doubt they do it. Um I he's, I want to see it. And as much as I love Moxley and loved his previous work, uh everywhere he's been, I for me personally, it's just not clicking with him as the world champ. And granted, he's got he's had to go through things that no world champs had to go through. Literally, as he won that revolution, that was like one of the last live shows they had with yeah. fans. And then, you know, he's had to, he was the champion at the start of the pandemic. Then he's had to deal with COVID. Then, you know, he, he wasn't even on TV for a number of weeks because he couldn't travel. Like, a lot of things that's gone on during Moxley's championship reign hasn't necessarily been his fault. But at the same time, I don't really think it's clicking with him as the world champ right now. Not the way it clicked with Jericho. Obviously, completely different circumstances. I think right now, AEW has a great opportunity, especially with with them being in the midst of a real war right now. Like they're they're not they're not maintaining the the, the complete stronghold on the ratings that they once had once they first started. I I wouldn't be surprised if they pulled the trigger on Brian Cage and Taz right now. I would not be surprised at all, and I feel like not even just as a oh my god let, let's pop a rating. Like I, I honestly think it's the smart thing to do, even storyline wise. If you're if you're if you're talking up the fact that like this guy's really been home and couldn't really do anything and had to quarantine because of COVID, and you're you're using it in the show and talking about it in the story, yet this monster who's just been rolling through people every single yeah. week. You know what I mean? And you still lose to this guy? Like you, kayfabe had on. Like just looking straight up, you shouldn't lose to this guy. You should. You should mop the floor with John Moxley, and you should be the AEW World Champion. So I'm really interested in seeing what they do with this match because that'll be the third dude in a row that they bring in that's brand new that has a lot of hype that gets thrown into a world title match and nothing happens. Yeah.
0: I'm with you on that. I agree with everything that you say except that my only counter argument is that the FTW belt exists. So like, there's no reason right. to introduce that belt now, unless he's going to use, he's going to be like feuding with somebody else over that belt in two weeks. Right. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it seemed like, and maybe it did feel like a little bit in the moment that they shotgun, the FTW belt, because Moxley couldn't show up right. That like, whatever they had mm-hmm. planned that, that turned into the, like, maybe they were going to do the FTW belt after the Moxley match, after the loss or whatever. And they had to do that just to right. give you know have something people to, to give people to talk about. But it smells like something Shazi
1: is gonna end up end that I, match, I, I right? Just, I like, find it
0: hard to imagine that he's gonna walk out with two belts when one of the belts was made up two weeks ago. Like it it's it does, there's just this disconnect. <laughs> I don't really get it. It does feel a little bit schmazzy. I don't disagree.
1: Well, that FTW belt looks way better than that TNT yeah, belt, true. I'll tell you it's that true. much. <laughs>
0: um I love what Brian Cage has been doing, man. There's a lot of bro- like like he's not you know, going to be one of the top work rate guys in the company, but like he can hang and I, and I, his look is so great. I mean, there's obviously a long, a long and story history of like the most, like the bodiest body guy in the non WWF company. You know I mean? Like Mike Bennett kind of had that job when, before he got, before he got yeah. called up, it's sort of the Mike awesome uh, ECW gig, you know, where he's just like, <laughs> like I look like I should be on another show and that's why you're going to hate me. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I I don't think I don't think there's any pro- I wouldn't have any problem with them giving Kates the belt. And even if they weren't, you know,
1: maybe I mean, I I don't think I mean, just just for the just for the opportunity to keep their competition honest. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you, you you can't just keep bringing in these new guys and keep telling me, "Oh my god, they're the next big thing. Oh my god, this guy's so awesome." And anytime you put them in a big match, they they come up short. Yeah. That you can't keep doing that. Like after a while, you got to pull the trigger on one of these dudes, or else. Anytime you bring somebody in new, I'm just going to like, oh well, here comes another guy that Cody or Moxley <laughs> or Jericho is gonna well, run right over. Yeah,
0: it's true. Uh, I mean, I, I, I definitely, I definitely hear that part. I don't know. I think that I think that um, what you were saying about Moxley is true too. You know, he's been put in a weird position, and I do think that Moxley has a has a has a char- charisma ceiling that. Nobody else has in that company, or at least a, a crowd yeah. reaction ceiling, and he doesn't have a crowd, yeah. right? So maybe, I mean, there's yeah. an argument. You take the belt off of him just so the chase can can start back over in front of live crowds, you know, just to get just to get that Moxley wins the title pop when there's you know crowds who appreciate it, or Moxley almost wins the title, mm-hmm. the sort of dusty road thing. I mean, it's it could be.
1: It feels like it feels like so long ago because I like I remember at revolution when Moxley beat Jericho and it felt like such a moment. Like it really felt like the first really big non WWE American wrestling moment in a long time. Like, it's like, okay, like Mm -hmm. these guys got something, they got like one third of like your most popular group of the last decade as their world champion that just went over one of your most popular wrestlers of the past ever in Jericho in a packed-out crowd in Chicago, like, okay, AEW's got something now. And I understand that momentum. But now, like you said, there's a charisma ceiling with, with, with Moxley. There's not he's, – he's the fighter's fighter. He's the guy. He's the scrappy guy. He's the guy who will do anything to win. He's, he's that dude. And there's almost always more interest in him during a chase, yep. right? Like, even as the WWE champion – he was way more interesting when he wasn't the champ mm-hmm. right like the, it was awesome seeing him when it's like the, the crescendo of, of of moxley's wwe run to me personally outside of like his uh feud with with with, with seth was him cashing in on seth and becoming yeah. champ like that was the big holy shit they really they're really gonna go with this guy this is great mm-hmm. but like since then, there wasn't really much, and I feel like he's been put in such awkward positions that were not really his fault. Yeah. Like even as the WWE champion, it's like okay, you're the WWE champion, but you're on SmackDown, and okay, you're the AEW World Champion, but there's a pandemic, and you can't really get over or, or, or do what you're. We all know for you to do, like you are a you are a heat magnet yeah. as soon as you walk out in the crowd. It's People true. Go nuts. you and that is that is what some people just don't have that that magnetism that he has as a professional wrestler and when you kind of take that away from him it's it's almost unfair like you know and it's granted it's been really difficult for a lot of professional wrestlers in this time but i feel like nobody's had it more difficult than him especially being called to carry company and now like ratings aren't doing that great and you can't be on the show because of corona and Oh, uh, it's it's been a rough goal for him. So I mean, wouldn't be surprised if, if, if tonight's the night that they do it.
0: Well it'll be interesting to see what they do. I mean and it and, and and also it's just, you know, it's about booking during COVID. You know, like how much how what kind of decisions are you gonna make? I mean, how what kind of big I mean at this point it seems like we don't know when the live crowds are coming back. So you can't really yeah tread water anymore. I mean, you feel bad for Moxley, just like you feel bad for Drew McIntyre. They should almost have like a Superclass showdown between those two, and we're just like, well, bl- <laughs> we'll let one of you take the blame for coronavirus ratings, but the other one gets off scot free. I don't know who's going <laughs> um <laughs> We put a, a, a syringe <laughs> on a, on a hook, and the first person that gets the syringe. Gets don't put the Moxley with a syringe. I think he'd be pissed off. So we got, oh, oh, we, oh, we dude, got a, uh, we God. all so, so all, back to back to the rest of fight for the fallen. We got the Elite versus Jurassic Express. Given that's going to be fun. FTR versus the Lucha Brothers. Given that is probably going to be epic because every time the lucha brothers have a dream match it seems like they fulfill your expectations
1: um there is my gosh the tag team division in AEW is i i can't think of a better time for tag team wrestling than right now when what's going on in AEW. maybe since like the dudley era the dudley edging christian jeff hardy chris benoit chris jericho era where they were having like TLC matches like once every six months that was probably up there but right now like you just said that you got the Lucha Brothers you got FTR you got the Bucks you got Omega Page you got Private Party you got the Jurassic 5 whatever the fuck they what do they call themselves Jurassic Express yeah Jurassic (laughs) Express um just just an embarrassment of tag team riches with them so yeah, man. Like the Lucha Brothers, like right now, are probably my favorite tag team on the planet. Like those guys are just, uh, that that from last week, that eight man tag with uh, my gosh, yeah. the Butcher and Blade Lucha yeah. Brothers. If you haven't seen that match, my go and watch that match right now. There is a spot where Phoenix Junior hits a Canadian Destroyer off the rope into the crowd. It ap it was. Nuts! It, the weirdest. Nuts. Those thing. guys are on the lovebirds. Right that was now.
0: insane, absolutely, absolutely yeah. bonkers. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, the, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, you're, yeah, my mind goes to with the SmackDown Six era of SmackDown when they had all those, yeah. all those dudes like just in the constant, constant dance for the tag. But yeah, I mean, this is there's nothing like this. There's nothing like this. And and FTR is the perfect, exactly what they needed, despite being great in the ring. I mean, exactly the kind of thing they kind of needed in the division to to balance it out. That'll be. Ridiculous to watch, I'm sure. Um, mm-hmm. and then the other match that we were chatting about before we started was this Cody Rhodes, uh, or Cody versus Sunny Kiss, um, for the TNT Championship. This one's gotten a lot of attention online. Sunny Kiss has been getting a little bit of, or, or I guess I don't know how much has been directed at him. I assume a lot, but a lot of people have been, yeah. AEW has the supporters like nobody else in the world, but has some of the dumbest, loudest naysayers that you could bet on, too. I mean, it's, um, you know, there was a lot of dumb noise made about Nyla Rose when she was when when AEW first yeah. started. Um, yeah, obviously she's a trans transgender performer, and uh, you know, wrestling in the women's division. Obviously she is, and there and and there were a lot of people who just had some shit to talk about it. And thankfully, people like Jericho and Cody have been very vocal about just kind of like shouting people, just shutting people up. Uh. Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know. And that's the shit that that's it's it's so corny to me, man. Like and granted, not I'm not going to classify all AW fans as being like, you know, bigoted or or whatever, like because that's definitely not. But there's always going to be like those dumb apples that spring up and they get shot down immediately and embarrassed as they should. So shout to Cody for doing that. But the whole Sonny Kiss thing with, you know, people saying, you know, well, he's doing too much or he's too like I love it. How like. He really doesn't do anything different than any other wrestler, <laughs> except like what he wears. Right? right. Like that's the whole. That's the hilarious part to me. It's like, oh, now now it's too gay for you. Yeah. Now it's like, okay, like Rikishi's been doing this same exact move set for twenty yeah. years, and because of and that's fine. Like running your ass into somebody's face is totally fine. But now because Sunny Kiss does it like this, that's where you draw the line? Like, that's 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 your point. That's what you're the hell you're willing to die on. It's crazy, because I think Sonny Kiss is, uh, like I said, um, when the AEW first launched, there was a handful of people that I had my eyes on as far as, like, okay, like, I want to see what they do with these people, because they're unique. They're people that I know I'm not going to see in WWE television. And Sonny Kiss was another one of those guys. And I feel like he is someone that couldn't there's there's one thing to give people opportunity. There's one thing to put them on the roster, but like you got to be able to showcase these people well. And granted, they're starting to. I, I like the dynamic that they got going on with Joey Janela. Um, and I don't watch too much AW Dark. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I'll catch like highlights on Twitter or whatever. But I feel like he's been like relegated to AW Dark. a lot. Sunny Kiss, you mean? Um, yeah, Sunny Kiss. Yeah, 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 yeah. it's true. So I f- I feel like with him, you got to be able to. This is where, and I know AW is very anti writer, anti, you know, you can do your own thing, whatever, whatever. Here's a time where you need to get some good stuff written for him. Here's a time where you got to go and get somebody experienced and nuanced enough to write this so it's acceptable to uh, not just for the fans of Sunny Kiss, but fans of professional wrestling, especially knowing that that Venn diagram a lot doesn't really meet sometimes. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like those circles, those circles don't touch a lot. So you're gonna have to find somebody to, or if you really trust Sonny Kiss, you gotta showcase him. Like you can't just be like, oh we are we are so inclusive yeah. and we everybody's for everyone and da da da. And like you just throw him out there and he's just a guy. Like you're not telling his story. You're not telling anything about him. Like you got these vignettes that are really cool with Joey Janelle that I'm starting to get into. But like you gotta get behind him. And I and I'm so glad that he's got this TNT title match. I think it's me and my my fiance were watching him the other day, it's like, oh my God, that's that's a that's a man. I'm like, yes, that's that's that is a man. <laughs> she was like kind of shocked, but like, I can't believe they're letting him wrestle. I'm like, well, why not? What's wrong with yeah. what's what's wrong with him wrestling with other like what's there's, there's nothing wrong with that. And you know, she loved it. I loved it, and I think there's gotta be stories told, man. You can't just have somebody as a, a token. Like, oh, here's our gay guy, here's our trans guy. See, we're inclusive. Yeah. Like, you gotta tell these stories too, man. Like, I wanna know more about these people. I'm sure a lot of people wanna know more about these folks. And it's easy, not easy, but like it's been done. We've seen it in so many forms of entertainment where I know I know nothing about the transgender community or the the the, the Vogue community in the 80s. But I love pose. Right. Because pose is greatly written. They tell stories, and at the end of the day, they're all human stories. You got to start telling more human stories with Sunny kids and not just shove them out there and be like, "Oh, here's our here's our here's our guy. Check it out." You know what I'm saying? So, it's 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 one of those things that's really. Uh, love yeah, I'm here. Did you, you lose it? Oh, my fault. Yeah, my fault. It's one of those things that I hope they they really get a handle on very soon, man.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't want to belabor the point too much because it's dumb, but like. And anybody right, that's like talking that has anything to say about Sunny Kiss, it's like, it's like when people were really mad about gay marriage, there's a lot of reasons why <laughs> that was just idiotic. But I always thought that like the, like the, the sort of I just wanted to like take somebody and shake them when I just, and just let them know <laughs> that like, like just make sure that you're aware that the words you were saying were literally the same words that people were saying to try to keep interracial marriage from happening once upon a time right like the, like the vocat, like the, right. like, the, like, the, like the, the script hasn't changed you're just mad about
1: a new thing and and you sound exactly like the same bigots that tried to keep people that look like me from drinking out of your yeah. water fountains
0: well yes, <laughs> and, know, I, listen, a and i don't want to accuse anybody of anything too deep but just to keep it in wrestling that's the same people were saying the same shit about gold dust right people were saying like yes. like and this is and gold dust is like like no one, no one's complaining about him, right? None of you have complaints or complaining about him. You know, nobody was. You think you know, Gorgeous George is one of the most iconic wrestlers of all time, and we all embrace him as part of wrestling history. His whole gimmick was pissing people like you off, right? I mean, I'm, yes. and and yes, and, and, I mean, I, and if if you don't want to take Gorgeous George, Adrian Adonis and Adrian Street were like literally about pissing people off. That was the entire thing, mm. you know. And um, and even when you go about, I mean, there's a lot of gay. There's a lot of gay influence in wrestling uh, of course even aside from the the, the like car- people were portraying gay characters but like you know you can go back and look at like uh, what's his name who's the, ba- the ballet uh, Ricky Starr who wrestled at MSG all the time who was a ballerina, right? Or a ballerino. I don't even right. know what you say, but like he wasn't gay. Like there was no like character development there, but he was doing mm-hmm. the kind of gold dusty, like it's, it's stuff that was akin to the, to the sunny kiss. Ass, at you. Huh? Yeah. He would, he would, just he would do stuff you. to his opponents that would make them just get really pissed off. Cause they, cause they thought that he was like, you know, like that he was gay and he was going to be too affectionate with them. And that it's part of wrestling, you know, it's like, and it's, and it's, a, and, and people respond. And I'm sure that like, like Sunny, the, the difference now is that Sunny Kiss can get tweets from assholes, you know, who were like talking shit to right. him. you know. And, and maybe at a previous right. time, Goldust or, you know, Adrian Adonis, whoever would just like hear someone say, oh, they hate you and they hear the booze and they would lavish in it, right? But like, it's a, we're in a different <laughs> world right now. And it's so dumb. It's just so dumb. It's, it's dumb.
1: But you know what? It, I, I guess whatever helps you get over, man. Like, if you're getting under yeah. people's skin. Sonny Kiss, keep doing what you're doing, buddy. I didn't even, keep doing we're not even getting doing. into like, you know, Casandro
0: and the rest of the dudes down in Mexico or, or, you know, whatever. But like, it's a whole different world. This is a part of our wrestling tradition. So embrace it or like, quit acting like you're a purist. Um, we got to We have to leave soon. <laughs> so we actually have to talk. We have to switch gears and talk about the horror show at Extreme Rules. Dun, dun, dun. Um, yes. We're going to run through this pretty quickly. Uh, we'll start at the bottom Apollo Crews versus MVP.
1: They're telling a story, man. <laughs> yes yes apollo cruz mvp two of two of my favorite people on the planets are on a pay-per-view for a united states out of brand new u.s side. what do you think of the title you, you like it oh you don't i love like it, it. I, love, I mean it's
0: listen i would have hated it two years ago but i'm on board now and it's it's, it's fantastic
1: <laughs> it looks good i got i got apollo taking this one um i think mvp is doing a fantastic job in his uh, return to to WWE television as a, as a manager and and a performer, so uh, but I think it's a time to shine, man. So I yeah. do too, man. It's a, it'll be a nice crowning moment.
0: A, this is a I'm really enjoying this. This has been good. It'll be really cool if they get. I mean, I think there's a lot of stuff they can do messing around here too. I mean, I think that there's there's uh, there's there's all MVP and Bobby Lashley. The stuff they're doing, uh, you know, with uh, you know, you know, all over the show uh, has just right. been really really fun. And I and and yeah,
1: the, I like the hurt business. I feel like the hurt business is going to go. That's that's something that I feel like is going to stick. Oh
0: yeah, for sure. um it, yeah. and business is good. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and it, I mean, it, it, I I think that I think this is I think you're right. I think it's Apollo Cruz, um, but you know, and, and the Cedric Alexander ricochet stuff they're doing. I mean, there's a million ways this can go. I'm I'm enjoying it a great deal. Uh Next up, Rey Mysterio versus Seth Rollins, an eye for an eye match, according to Wikipedia. This match can only be won when one opponent, one competitor extracts the eye of their opponent. I love it. I love it. What's going to happen? Uh, you said they're going to do CGI or something?
1: <laughs> yeah, I heard, um, and this may be wrong. This is the source that I'm getting. I'm hearing that there's going to be CGI implemented into this match to actually have an eye be ripped out of a socket. Um... Gosh, poor Ray Mysterio. He was thrown off the WWE building this year. <laughs> he's got beat up by, like, you know, Brock Lesnar. It's like he's already got one eye ripped out by the stairs. I'm like, who did he piss off in a past, uh, past life? Um, I don't trust Dominic. I don't trust his son. Oh, my God. There's something fishy. There's something fishy going on with the kid, yeah. man. Like, he's either going to cost Ray his eye or he's going to do something like something's going to happen and, and Dominic's going to be in the middle of it. But yeah, I'm all for the CGI in the wrestling. If you can use, if you can use drugs and performance enhancement to enhance performance, why not use CGI to it. enhance entertainment? This, like we all know it's a, it's a show. Pull the damn eye out and make it, make it look. This different. is from a
0: Meltzer <laughs> report. He said, the idea is to do a tape match and use some
1: form of CGI effects to
0: simulate an eye being pulled out. as the finish. I mean, if if I if there was any question as to whether or not I'd be watching live on Sunday, I think I'm going to be watching live to see the eye getting pulled out, no matter how they do it. Now that I know that it's CGI,
1: one thousand percent. Like at the end of the day, that is, I always tune in to WWE television to see stuff that I've never seen before. And if you got the bread to do it, if you're, it, why not? So I, I want to see how far they go with CGI in the future, especially if they pull it off. The right way, you know what I mean. I want to see beheading matches. <laughs> I want to see all that. Oh my stuff.
0: god! Well, another match. Oh, I, I'm I got Seth on that one too. I just feel like it. It feels like time for a big Seth win, and and but we'll see. Uh, the, but speaking about CGI, we got the Wyatt Swamp fight. That's also going to be a pre-tape. Brown Strowman versus Bray Wyatt. Um, two mm-hmm. old buddy is going at it now. Um, I oof. I, I could I could <laughs> I could go either way on this. I you know my my thing with Bray Wyatt is I always find my, it's just like the old Bray Wyatt. I find myself saying, yeah. He never needs to win, but at some point and it's the same thing WWE was obviously saying. It never feels like he mm. needs to win to keep his heat, but then at some point you yeah. look back and you're like, "Oh shit, he just lost 20 in a row." You know,
1: he I, never wins anything. So now.
0: <laughs> uh, I kind of feel that way about this match. Um uh, I don't know what the yeah. value of of I, and I'm not questioning it. I don't know what WWE if WWE sees value in having Bray Wyatt a separate character going forward, because yeah. obviously he's working yeah. the old gimmick as opposed to the Fiend or you know the the Firefly Funhouse thing. I don't know. I mean, what what do you what do you think?
1: I could see them keeping Bray classic, I guess, as as a gimmick, just because I feel like the Fiend. And uh, I guess, you know, Mr. Rogers' version of Bray Wyatt is another uh, casualty of not having a crowd. Like, the Fiend character doesn't really work as well if you can't pull that off in a a huge arena. That was made and concepted with with fans in mind. So if we're we're getting Bray Classic for the next uh, couple of weeks, that also gives Bray an out to lose. You know what I'm saying? Like, because the Fiend is the unstoppable killing machine who never loses except if it's Goldberg. And uh, gives Braun another strong win. Um, I, I think, you know... Or who knows, man? Like, these cinematic matches with Bray Wyatt, like, you never know. Like, was there really a winner between him and John Cena? Like, there was just, like, a, just a lesson we all learned at the end of the day. <laughs> like, it wasn't a pin <laughs> or a submission. So, like, I think they might go that way, where, you know, he brings Br- uh, Braun back to his old roots, and, you know, maybe they just kind of... Share the universal title and become buddies again. Who knows? The real
0: treasure of the Fire of the Life Lifeline House match was the friends we made along the way. I don't know <laughs> I, I, do we know what the what the why what, what the street I mean what the um the swamp fight entails or just that it's actually gonna be No okay. idea. Not even a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't know. I mean it's telling this isn't for the title, it's just it's just two guys going at it. Oh, it's just a yeah. fight. Oh, yeah. So
1: there's definitely going to be no yeah. winner. No winner.
0: Bray wins, I guess. But I feel like no winner too. I think it just ends in a giant fire or something. Um, Bailey versus Nikki Cross uh, for the SmackDown Championship. Obviously, well, uh, both of this and Oscar versus Sasha Banks um, are, I mean, tied together obviously by Sasha Banks and Bailey being kind of not restrained by any one show. They're your women's tag team champions. Mm-hmm. So they're on Raw. They're on SmackDown. They're mm-hmm. on NXT, uh, as we discussed last week. Um, Nikki Cross, I feel like of everybody of this foursome has kind of gotten the shortest end of the stick. I mean, she's not, you know, I mean, it's not the, the, the most prominent feud between these two, but uh, yeah. but, and I part of me feels like part of me feels like she's going to win. I,
1: Nikki Cross? Yeah. There's a small part of me. small I, part I've, of me. There's one there's one part of me that makes me feel like we're we're heading towards the Sasha and Bailey uh, two-man power trip era of just having all the gold. Another part of me in my galaxy brain is thinking, okay, Bailey loses. That's Sasha wins. I am. Yes. And now like Bailey's not as supportive as Sasha when Sasha's the one with the world title and Bailey's the one just kind of like holding on with their tattoo. You know, and then maybe there's something that goes on there. Maybe. But I'm I'm I've been waiting for the two-woman power trip for, for a couple of months now and just need that visual of all of them being obnoxious with every title is uh is something I've been looking for. I agree. To a I lot. agree with that totally. I, I mean I would love the power trip.
0: It just feels like the the setup here. And maybe the maybe it's Asuka I mean I obviously if honestly, if I were booking it, I would give Asuka a little bit more run before I even messed around with taking the belt off her. Mm-hmm. But the fact that mm-hmm. Sasha's and Bailey are in title matches on the same night, that's why that's I can't stop thinking that they're gonna go with Bailey losing and Sasha winning and just to kind of flip the dynamic. But you know, the one thing we've learned about Sasha Banks and Bailey is that they can drag it out another month or another six months or another <laughs> five years. You know, like it's like the, they can
1: they've been dragging us out since take over Brooklyn. <laughs> for,
0: for the sake of fun, I'm gonna pick Nikki Cross and Sasha Banks in their respective matches. I, I think that the odds are really stacked against me, though.
1: I'm going I'm going the opposite, brother. I'm going two woman power drip, aka she generation X, aka all the gold for Sasha and Bailey until uh, either Charlotte comes back or maybe, maybe Shayna. I feel like the Shayna Baszler nugget was teased on Raw. Maybe she helped, starts wrecking through people. Who knows? But we'll see. Wow.
0: Yeah, that'll be interesting. And one more match It'll be before we get out of here. Drew McIntyre versus Dolph Ziggler. We don't even know what the stipulation <laughs> is, although I will say, big spoiler alert coming. There was a leak that seems totally uh empty. Uh WWE apparently like sent out some promotional flyers or something that had uh that said this was a TLC match, but both McIntyre and Ziegler have said in interviews that we're going to see something we've never seen before. So I don't know if this is going to be a variation on a TLC match. It does it does seem like it would be a waste to have a have a Extreme Rules match with Dolph Ziggler and have there not be a ladder involved. Um, yeah. Drew yeah. McIntyre, too. I mean, it seems like there's a lot of things these guys could do with the with enough plunder or, you know, enough, enough things to jump off of. Um, and again, we got two guys who are incredibly motivated to make this a memorable moment without the benefit of pre-taping or CGI.
1: What do you think? Mm-hmm. I think, uh, gosh, I feel like Dolph Ziggler's You never really expect Dolph Ziggler to pull off these matches, especially against a guy like Drew. Um, I don't know what the stipulation is. Um, I'm not going to speculate on it. But they've been doing a good job of building Drew, man. And Drew's been a great world champion. And I don't think – I I still truly believe that we have a collision course for uh, Drew and Randy Orton for the world title at some point. So I'm thinking Drew retains here, uh, and maybe that's that's my if I'm if I'm ghost booking SummerSlam, that's my SummerSlam main event: Randy Orton versus Drew McIntyre for the world time. All right, I I'm not, and then he tying John Cena, I think, for 16 times, 15 times, or something like it that.
0: It does seem implausible that Drew would lose. Mm-hmm. Right? They've done a great job booking Ziggler uh, into believability, but I don't think that he's I don't I just don't see it happening. That said. There is a sort of like beautiful freedom that comes with booking a match like this when everybody kind of knows, or, or when you're all in agreement about how it's gonna end, that your only real motivation mm-hmm. is, sort of like we discussed with like Orange Cassidy, Chris Jericho, your motivation is just making you both look good, right? You know you know who's gonna right. win. You knew who's gonna win when you, right. the first time somebody suggested it, you know, there's never been a moment of hesitation, but <laughs> you got a lot of opportunity to really like make, figure out that perfect way to book the match, to make both people come out looking fantastic
1: um there'll be something there there'll be something there for us to sink our teeth into i'm hoping so all
0: right so uh yeah i think we both got drew on that one um yes, and i sir. think that's it man thank you so much for doing this again we will have you back believe it or not <laughs> sooner rather than later yes sir um is there anything else uh what, what do you want to plug on the way out
1: stay with us with check it out every day on uh whistle sports and brother uh just subscribe to me uh yeah, that's the pod. Follow me at Kazim, K A Z E E M, on all social media platforms.
0: One of the all time great guys and one of the all time great Twitter handles. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Apologies, as always, to John Moxley, although I can't wait to watch you wrestle in a few hours. We'll see you back here next week, Humanoids.
1: We are desperately out of time. The tape machines are rolling. We'll see you next week on The Mass Man Show.